Scow spinning. Look at the uh, job to create space. Put it in the book and send that young man to the line. Boy, is he fun to watch. Three fifty-one. Tony Allen stopped away by Carly Stein to the floor. He dives. What an effort! Collison, the lob. Oh, beautiful basketball by the King. Richardson changing directions and getting to the basket and scoring. How about the rookie Malachi Richards? You're now listening to the King's Court on Dash Radio, presented by SackKingsNation.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the King's Court here on Dash Radio. I'm your host, Vince Miracle, and joining me is the one and only Josh Means. Josh, what's going on, my friend? Oh, it's good, Vince. It's good. The Kings are 500. That's that's a big surprise. Oh, it was it was a humongous surprise, and let me be honest with you. I was actually hanging out with some people uh, during the the win against, I believe, it was, yeah, it was against OKC, and they as soon as the game ended, like literally the final buzzer went off, a text message was sent to my friend Kyle, and it said, "Take a shot. The Kings are five hundred, <laughs> because it's been that long. Like you have to celebrate in the fact that after six games." The Kings are three and three, and Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out here and say it, and I think this is gonna be something that we're gonna talk about for a little while here until we get to the Kings Week segment. Is a lot of the time when we talk about this young Kings team, at least for the last few years, it's before it was rebuilding. It's like, what's the identity of this team? I think you're starting to see an identity of this team, and that's what's making them so fun to watch. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to push the pace every single time they have the ball and it, it's refreshing to see because they have the players around them or the players on the roster to actually do what they're trying to do which is run the ball and having De'Aaron Fox as the point guard and running it in this type of system I think it it shows just I, I, I think it just shows the the growth of Dave Yeager, who is known to be a grit and grind type of guy, uh, more of a defensive-minded type of guy, to now seeing, okay, the pace is really moving, it's actually working, and I think a lot of these young guys are picking up on it, and I'm, I'm going to say the two names again, De'Aaron Fox and Willie Cauley-Stein are the ones that I think are showcasing the most uh, out of their abilities with it, but what I, are, do you agree that they're starting to form an identity after six games? Definitely. This is... This is the team you envisioned when we drafted Fox a year ago. You know, he's he's really risen to the occasion. Though. This year, he's taken a major leap already. You could see it in the Washington, the way he has acted relentlessly down the stretch. No fear. Changing the pace against John Wall, it was, it was incredible to see. Um, they've been phenomenal so far on the offensive end, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Dave Yeager. He is putting the players in the perfect positions for them to succeed, and that's a lot different than it went last year. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the thing that I honestly talk about the most. When you ever hear, whenever you see me t- uh, tweeting on Twitter about the games and just uh, and, and talking about what's going on. The thing that that literally every single time I see it happen through the Kings three wins and, and even in through their three losses when you know the ones that they're still in, 
I am just blown away by how well this young team plays in the closing minutes of the fourth quarter. They look like a team that knows what they want to run, and they're running it. You know what they're looking like? They're looking like Denver last year at this time. When Jokic was, like yeah, when Jokic was evolving, you you saw a lot of like people moving without the ball. You saw a lot of effort, but still a lot of mistakes, both defensively and offensively. But you're seeing it actually work out a little bit, and it's again at the fresh air. And I and I'm I've been really enjoying what I've been watching, especially in the fourth quarters of games with this young team. And you know what. What I like the most is this lineup that they're starting the games with. They've, I mean, they've changed out the three. Sometimes it's been Justin Jackson, sometimes Amon Shumpert. But the other four, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bielitsa, and Kali Stein, they're, they play phenomenal together. They're fourth in the league in net rating of four-man lineups. Yeah, the, you have to. You have to be blown away by how well Bielitsa has been playing at, at, with with this team. I'm, I'm trying to pull up his stats right now so I have it on hand. But Bielitsa, what he was doing against Washington, just put people on their feet. It, it hit me five three-pointers, drops, what, 26 points against the Wizards? It was ridiculous. So on the season right now, you know he's shooting 60% from the field. 77.8 from the free throw line, two three-pointers, 13.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, three assists, 1.2 steals, and just under a block a game while only turning the ball over one time. This Kings team has been looking for a stretch four for years. They tried it with Patrick Patterson. They they were hoping Rudy Gay would evolve and become a stretch four. He just never really enjoyed playing that position. I think you now have a guy in Bielitsa that's ready to do it, and that and that's been pretty exciting to see. Uh, you brought up Iman Shumpert versus Justin Jackson for this small forward minutes. I mean, Justin Jackson, I'll, the only thing I hope from him while he's on the court is that he doesn't mess up. Like I, I he needs to start playing better. He is, I, I, he is the worst player right now on this Kings roster. He is not showing much. He needs to, if he's not knocking down shots, he's invisible on the court until Iman Shumpert's coming coming back in the game. And on top of that, I think Iman Shumpert should be getting the start every single game. I know that they're trying to build I, up this young core, but Shumpert needs to be the starter every single game. Well, I mean, you also you see it just like with Bielitsa being down there. You have a veteran at the four position that helps these young guys. That helps De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and Willie have somebody that they can rely on to be in the right place at the right time. And Shumpert is just like that. What's interesting to me is how good the, the Kings lineup has looked without possibly their best player from last season. They still got Bogey coming back, and I think he would fit seamlessly with that lineup. Before we get to the bogey thing, I want to I want to start looking at a guy on Willie Cauley Stein who a lot of people were wondering what they're going to get out of him. I'll be honest, I was one of the and it, for those who listen to the show regularly, I was not high on Willie Cauley Stein. I I predicted that the Kings would potentially move him out of the the crowded back front court that they had. I thought that he would he had enough value to be moved 
and I thought that they would consider moving him. And now I can see why they're not because he's a perfect fit for the speed that they're trying to play at. And I think the reason why he is looking so good right now is and why he looked good against with George Carl when he was the head coach is because when he is pushing that pace he knows what he is a read and react type of center. And you see that when he's doing it in the pick and roll. You see that when he's running down the floor. You see that when he has the ball at the top of the key and they're running that horns offense when they do their half court sets. He can read and react what the offense or what the what, what defenders are going to do to him. And I think it's starting to, you know, show on the court, especially now because even in Kentucky, even when he was playing with George Carl, those are the those are the years when we saw that he was good. It was because they were running up and down the court, and now you have a point guard in De'Aaron Fox that's running right there next to him. You have a guy in Buddy Heald that's looking to stretch the floor, which opens the floor for for Willie to drive down more. I mean, I think Willie Cauley Stein has been the most Im- most improved player from last year to this year, and I had a lot of expectations for him this year, mainly just due to the fact that last season was the first time he had a full season without DeMarcus Cousins next to him, and I think he only grabbed, what, four more rebounds, or three more rebounds and had had five more points while also having eight to more minutes than he did the previous season. It was a pretty disappointing year last year for Willie Cauley-Stein to see what he has been doing this year, 16.5 points, which is four points above his average from last year, eight rebounds, 3.2 assists, 1.2 steals. I mean, again, I'll still harp on the blocks. I don't think he's trying to block shots anymore. I think he's actively just I, – I think I'm not telling you he's actively looking to not block. I, If he's not going to block shots, he needs to become a presence down there at the bottom, and I think he's capable of doing that. He's just not doing that yet, but again – I think he is showing the most improvement from last year to this year, and I had and I had to take a moment to just talk about him for a quick second. That that do you disagree at all that he's the most improved player from last year to this year though, Josh? Uh, I think it's close with him and De'Aaron Fox, but I do agree with you that he's probably the most improved. Just the way he's really solidified himself as a starting center in the NBA. Uh, the past few years, he was playing center. He was kind of playing power forward with Boogie, however you want to switch them. But he wasn't really considered among the elite starting centers. And he's not elite yet, but he's gone at those elite guys all five games, the first five games. The sixth game, Dwight Howard sat out. And who knows how high up Dwight Howard is now. Um <laughs> I, Willie has really proven himself, in my opinion. I think, I mean, this this may be an unpopular opinion, but I I I, I still don't know how much he's worth at this point. Do you, I mean, I know he wants to get paid, and if he continues to play like this, I think it's good. I think he's going to get some money. I just feel like he wants to get paid a lot more. And if he wants that pay, there's still there. I st- I still think there's more improvement that we're supposed to see from him, and I I don't know what it is yet. I haven't put my finger on what it is that comes next for him. And I know it's only six games. That's why I say it's an unpopular opinion to say this right now. But this is a guy that came out during the off season saying that he's ready to make that money. He's ready to to prove or tell him what he needs to do so he can get paid like everyone like his like everybody else that he sees getting paid around the league. And I'm still looking at his numbers, and I'm looking that he's the most improved player so far in my eyes on the Kings roster. What I he's not getting paid much m- that much more than maybe you know 
eight million a year right now, and I think he's trying to get to that double digit mark. What do you think he needs to do to get to where? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna say that's where he wants to be, but like, where where would you feel comfortable paying him eleven million dollars, twelve million dollars a year? Like, what would he have to do for you? Because for me, I would need to see more block shots. I also want to start seeing consistency. There are still those moments where he kind of fades off if he's not touching the ball enough, and I want to just see him constantly being active. And again, it's going to be making his presence known around the rim. Like that's that's the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing for me is the IQ side of the the game. I mean, coming out of college, you knew Willie Cauley Stein was an athletic freak. He was seven feet tall, ran like a gazelle. But now he's three years into the league, and he doesn't make those boneheaded plays that you saw from him so much those first couple years. He thought he could bring the ball up a little bit. Now he brings the ball up, and then if he feels he's losing control at all, he stops, he passes it off. Little things like that go a long way in your playing time, and that will boost your numbers alone. But Dave Yeager, Dave Yeager isn't the type to let people play through mistakes unless your name is Justin Jackson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm proud of the strides Willie has made when it comes to reading the floor and reacting. Yeah. For sure. No, for sure. Again, the fact that he's averaging three assists is nice. He is finding his people, uh, his people, his his teammates over his shoulder when when they're cutting, which is nice. He's all. I also like the fact that he's getting the ball at the top of the key, and it, even he's not making that first pass. He's reading the situation. So I definitely get what you're saying. The reading, the reading, react that he has, especially when the Kings are moving at this pace. And right now, the Kings are fifth in pace. They're behind the, which is surprising by the Hawks, the Wizards. The Pelicans, the Lakers, and then it goes the Kings, and I think that's where, you know, and, and again, I think I think the pace, keeping that pace high, is what's going to make Willie Cauley sign better. I think he's better when he has to make those quick moves, those quick instincts, and, that, and that's where he goes because then he feels confident enough to say, okay, I'm not going to take this read, I'm going to take the next one. And there was a time during that Wizards game where he he passed up on two passes where Fox gave him the ball. It looked like he was trying to get it back by coming back down. Fox drove, still didn't give it to him, and then he had a cut-up of Bielitsa, and Bielitsa still had Porter on him, didn't do it, and then it saw that uh, Markeith sagged back, and he actually took a mid-range jumper. It didn't go in, but the fact that you saw him make those reads, I thought that was very, very interesting. It was also uh, just, again, uh, a nice sign to see of his growth as a player. And, and again, I uh, that's why I want to take the time just to talk about him, just because... I like what I've seen. I know he's a player that wants to get paid, so I'm going to continue to look at him uh, with with. I want to see more improvement out of him. I should say I'm I'm going to continue to look at him with a glass half full. Uh, so I want I want that glass fully full if he wants to get paid because I I still don't feel comfortable seeing him being a player that's at ten to eleven to twelve million dollars a year and I think that's where he would want to be just because of the way he was talking I could be wrong I'm not in his head I don't talk to him like that so it's it's not like I'm saying that's what he said but I but saying that you want to get paid and you've seen others getting paid and you want to be paid like them during the off season and then showing what you're doing right now again it's a good step. But consistency, a presence around the rim, and the continued growth. Again, this is only six games. 
he's on pace for where he wants to be, but I, I need to see these three other things still before the season ends. But again, I, I love what I've been seeing out of Willie Collistein so far. I w- Me too. One of the things you mentioned was he's finding the cutters. And I think that's really opened up the offense this year because that wasn't something you saw last year. We ran a lot of the offense through the high post, just like we're doing this year, but it led to a lot of Zach Randolph drives and post-ups, and Willie wasn't making those passes last year. This year, him, Bielitsa, Giles, they're making those passes to the cutters, and it's making the – it's making the guards and the wings cut harder, faster. Justin Jackson and Buddy Heald have gotten some really easy looks off of just simple backdoor cuts. And that's just another wrinkle to the offense that's helped them put up so many points this year. I think also with how well they've been playing, they this Kings team's confidence has started to go up. And it's starting from the top to bottom. And, and I'm... And, we talked about him already, and I think you're going to hear about him a lot. No matter what podcast you're listening to or show you're listening to, whether it be you know Kings Insider, Sacktown Royalty, CK, here, no, whoever is talking about the Kings, you're going to hear them talk about this guy. And you're, you're going to have to talk about De'Aaron Fox. And with Fox, I the, the thing that I'm impressed with, and I think uh, and the thing that, that got me going, yep, he, he's, he's had that click this year. Just in year two, that's that click. Was he struggled? He he struggled mightily against OKC, and then he he came back uh, against Washington and put together a solid game against a, another speedy point guard who can play defense and honestly put the team on his back a little bit and was like, you know what? No, no, no. Calm down. Put that ball in my hands. Let's win this game. And he did it. And Again, that that was another click for me where De'Aaron Fox, I, I we we've done the comparison. I've put the stats up on Twitter. He's going to be the next John Wall, and you have that in Sacramento. <laughs> that 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 should make any Kings fan excited. Oh, definitely, and I mean, it just goes the growth he's made this year. I saw the post he put on Twitter, shouting out Garrett Temple for teaching so much on leadership and. You could tell down the stretch of that Washington game, he wanted to be, he wanted to lead that team to a victory. He was calling for the ball, and he was making the right decisions. With all right, Josh. Well, there's a big week of games this week for the Sacramento Kings. This is the first time in the season they actually have a four-game week. So we're gonna have to take a quick break at this point, and then when we come back, we got to start making some predictions. Are you an avid DFS player? Maybe you're new to the fantasy world and you want help on the game. No matter your level, FanCaveDFS.com has all the information you need to get a leg up on the competition and start winning big money today. Become a premium member at FanCaveDFS and gain exclusive access to pro charts, open forums between you and FanCave's pro writers, and so much more. Become a premium member now and let FanCaveDFS.com help make you a winner. Hey friends, it's Joe Borelli from the Superflight NBA podcast here. If you're looking for some NBA news that's a little off the beaten path, you might want to check out the Superflight. I have great guests from around the league to talk about all the latest NBA topics. But if you're craving some art, music, and general existential nonsense as well, I got you covered there too. 
Check out the Superflight Podcast on iTunes or anywhere you download your podcasts. Or go to ABPN and subscribe. And thanks for tuning in. Now back to your show. And we're back. So last week, last week, we 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 predicted some games. We agreed on two and we're different on one. I believe. No, we were different on two. Did you think the Kings were gonna beat Memphis? I can't remember now. Yeah. I was two and actually I was three and zero. You were three and oh. So, so I'm down three games to zero. That means every game you choose this week, I basically have to be the opposite of you. Anyways, with that said, it's Good Kings luck. Week time. Give the people what they want. Back to the future. All right, Josh, we have four games this week, and honestly, it's going to probably be the most uh, exciting and a lot of questions and a lot of answers, and I think this is going to probably be the most intense week of the season, especially now that the Kings are 500. But first, the first game, it starts today in Miami. The Kings are on a four-game road trip. They're all in the East. It starts here in Miami. Miami is currently ranked 19th in offensive efficiency and 9th in defensive efficiency. They got a guy in Goran Drogic that could do a little bit of everything with a little hezzy, the stop back. They have a guy in Hassan Whiteside that's blocking shots around the rim. They're missing James Johnson. They're starting Kelly Olenek now. A guy in Josh Richardson is looking phenomenal. Whew. This is going to be a tough team, but I, it's again, this is also the same place where De'Aaron Fox got a put-back dunk and uh, I believe won the game. So, Josh, you, you've heard these stats. What are your thoughts? Well, one of the most interesting aspects of this game to me is this young Kings team just had a weekend in Miami where they didn't have a game. Um, and I'm curious to see if that affects their legs coming into the game. And I think you might see this just like the Denver game last week where the coach doesn't play the starters heavy minutes because we got another game tomorrow in Orlando. And if it's if it goes downhill in the first quarter, you could see you could see the bench getting a lot more playing time. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the Kings a scheduled road loss to Miami tomorrow. However, De'Aaron Fox does play great against my in two games last season. He torched them both games, including that phenomenal game winning dunk. So it'll be interesting to watch. I I I think this is gonna be coming down to a game to. I, when you look at Miami's roster, they don't really have that many offensive weapons. I mean, you have Rodney Magruder, who's been kind of turning it on early this season. Uh, you know it. You know what Drogic can do. Drogic is going to be the head of the snake there. He's going to be the guy that's conducting the offense, running that offense, and also setting the tone for the offense uh, for Miami. Down low, it's a question mark. You don't know what Hassan Whiteside you're going to get on a night-to-night basis. You don't know what Kelly Olynyk is going to show up because sometimes they play him and sometimes they don't. You're going to see him get quite a bit of minutes just due to the fact that James Johnson is out. He will not be playing in this game. But, again, it, it if they can stop, and then Josh Richardson also. I, I didn't bring him up, but Josh Richardson can knock down some shots. But if they can stop Drogic, I think it, it puts a big wrench 
into what Miami can do. I, I, and I'm not saying that they don't have other players that can score because they do. I mean, again, Richardson, Tyler Johnson, uh, these guys can put the bucket, the ball in the hole. It's just when you can stop their main guy, I think it's going to really, really give the Kings this chance. And and the fact that they're fifth in pace on the season, Miami is down to 14th. They're not really that up and down team. They're they're becoming more of a team that wants to. Not necessarily slow you down, but beat you with their defense. And that's why they're ranked in the top 10 in defense, but their offense is down to 19th. It's going to come down to can the Kings make shots and can they outrun and set the pace against the Heat? And I personally think that they can't. I know you're saying that they've been in Miami, but I will say this. A lot of them are too young to drink, and a lot of them are too young to go out and do anything in Miami that's really that fun. So That's very I, and. One of the things that I liked last week was that game against Memphis. With all the talk about how the Kings are just putting up points, they won a low-scoring game. I believe it was in the 90s. And they pulled it out late against a high-quality team in a low-scoring game. That shows a lot of versatility for the Kings roster. Josh, before we make our predictions, even though you said yours already, What's your matchup of the game? Oh, yeah. I forgot I'm supposed to wait until the end. Uh, <laughs> matchup of the game is definitely going to be De'Aaron Fox and Goran Drogic. You mentioned they got to cut off the head of the snake, and De'Aaron Fox has looked good guarding the perimeter. He's gone up against, I mean, we, we've gone over it before, but Russell Westbrook, John Wall. Jamal Murray, Mike Conley. He's gone up against Russell Westbrook. I said Russell first. I know. I had to say him again. Oh, okay. That that makes sense. I I understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, so you. What's your matchup of the week? I I knew you were going to go with the easy one. I knew. I just had a feeling. You know, it's Josh. So he's going to pick the first thing that he sees. He always grabs the easiest apple out of the tree. So I. I got a good one for tomorrow. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. But for mine, I I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna reach into my bag a little bit, climb up this tree, and see what I can find. And I'm gonna go Bielitsa versus Kelly Olynyk because I, I I feel like Bielitsa is gonna start this game, and I'm gonna go stretch four versus stretch four. And Kelly Olynyk is actually a a a really good rebounder. <laughs> like and I'm not saying like he's an extremely good rebounder or a tenacious rebounder to where he, he's a huge threat, but he's He's overlooked when it comes down to a guy that can get you some boards from the power forward slash center position, and if Bielitsa can come in there and start banging down some shots and do what he and do what he was doing against Washington, you got you're gonna have a you're gonna this game is gonna be fast. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I can see this game being extremely fast, and I think the Kings are gonna get it. And I'm gonna make my prediction now. So my 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 matchup is Belly versus Kelly. And my, my, my win is going to be the Kings holding on to win by five. And they're eight-point underdogs. I should note this. Uh, according to Bavada, they are eight-point underdogs right now to, to go in Miami. I, don't, I won't have the spread for any other game this week, but because it's today, they have it up, and it's, it, they're eight-point favorites, or underdogs the Kings are. So I, I, I would take that because the Kings are going to win by five. That's my prediction, Josh. I gave scores. I gave scores. So you, but you think the Kings are going to lose, right? I do. Okay, I, so get, look, I, we're different right there. Bam. Bam, we're different. 
So that's one for me. Cause I, I look, guys, he's up three games to to one. So he's up. He's beating me by two games. So I have to beat him this entire week because this is the end of the month. And we've and I was gonna put up that poll like I said last week, but honestly, I I just didn't do it because I thought the punishment was good enough. Josh doing karaoke on stage and getting recorded is gonna be hilarious. And then me having to do stand up and failing because I'm gonna fail if I lose is gonna be hilarious. And no. After Washington, after the Kings beat Washington, I've been writing jokes for like the last, what, three days because I'm nervous right now. This Kings team is looking so good that I don't think I can make my normal predictions. I might have to say this team can pull it out, and I'm going to say they're going to do it right now against Miami, so I'm glad you're actually against me here. Actually, even funnier is you talked me into going for Washington. Yeah, the very last second you changed it. For going for yeah, the very last second you changed it. That's what, that's what I thought was so funny, too. Uh, so it's now Tuesday, Josh. We're moving on to the next game. And this one is going to be a fun one as well because this is against an Orlando Magic team that is currently ranked 29th in offensive efficiency and 17th in defensive efficiency. So they're not good on either side of the ball. But I, they have some really, really nice pieces. Well, Two of them, to be exact. Evan Fournier and, of course, Aaron Gordon. Those two guys could literally put this team on their back and put up 25 each. But they don't play like that. They like to... I don't know what they like to do, to be honest with you. They, I've watched it, like two of their games already, and it looks like they're confused. Like, should they go down to Vucevic? Or should they, like, do a pick-and-pop with Mobamba? Is Aaron Gordon supposed to be the small forward or the power forward? They don't really know what they're doing. But at the same time, they somehow always show up to play against the Kings. And I've, and I've noticed that about this Orlando team. I've watched them play uh, against the Kings, and somehow when they, even when they look so confused, they look good against the Kings. And that's, I guess that's for most teams. But, Josh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I agree with you that Orlando does always play the Kings pretty well. But <laughs> they haven't played this Kings team. Uh <laughs> This Kings team now wants to play fast. They don't turn the ball over as much, it seems like. And like you said, Orlando doesn't have much to offer. One off night from Fournier or Aaron Gordon, and that's the deal right there, unless you get a big game out of Jonathan Isaac or Mo Bamba. But I don't know if they're really ready for that yet. They do. They do have so many bigs. Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic is. He's a good player, but it it's almost seemed like he's unwanted there. The way that they've kind of treated the rest of the roster. Uh, he's still so putting up numbers, be- though. I mean, let's not disrespect the guy. He's still putting up numbers. He's he's also learned, uh, evolved that three point shot. He's been a go-to scorer for them when they need a bucket down low. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect the guy and say that he just like they don't they don't like him there because that's not true. They're still giving him the minutes. Well, we'll see tomorrow. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious to see how much time he gets and how much time they give to Mo Bamba. Yeah, and when I was listing off the offensive, uh, offensive and defensive efficiencies for the for that team, I should also know like, and I only look at pace, uh, just to kind of dictate like where I can see this game going. But 
the fact that the, the Orlando with Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier being your two three, and honestly, I think Aaron Gordon would be best suited at the four. That's where he I I feel he would be the best at. But again, that's not neither here nor there. This team is ranked twenty fourth in pace on this team. They have a, a, a speedy small point guard in Augustine. They have another speedy one off the bench in Grant, uh, Jerry and Grant, and you know like and even Jonathan Simmons. Those are guys that are good at moving and pushing and pushing yet they play so slow that's why that's why I say you don't really know what this team wants to do they're a very confusing bunch they have talent on their roster I really like Jonathan Simmons I like Terrence Ross I like Aaron Gordon I like Evan Fournier I think Vucevic is all right and I think they have a very star-studded potential type of center in Mo Bamba because of the way he can shoot and alter shots down low but they don't know what they're doing over there they are literally confused on what they're doing. So I'm not a huge fan of this Orlando team uh, in terms of how they play, but their roster does look good, and talent can show up on any given night. So this is definitely not going to be an easy one. So, Josh, with that said, who is your uh, matchup of the game? My matchup of the game for this one is Evan Fournier versus Iman Shumpert. Versus Iman Shumpert, not Buddy Heald. Not Buddy Heald. Okay, okay. Tell me why. I think I think Shumpert's going to spend most of the time guarding Fournier, and that's going to be the biggest part of the game is if you can shut down that perimeter offense. Because Fournier likes to play make too. They run pick and rolls for him. If Shumpert can get up in his grill, shut that down, it'll it'll do wonders against such a terrible offense. <laughs> they don't have many options so to cut off their top one. I'm I'm going to go with the, uh uh you said that you're going to reach into the bag for this one. I'm going to reach into the bag a little bit further. I'm going to go Jonathan Simmons Simmons against Justin Jackson. Cuz I think Justin Jackson's going to get a ton of minutes in this game because if the Kings are looking at the numbers the same way I am, you're going to be able to give a little bit of a longer leash to a guy like Justin Jackson who I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's his shots just not falling. And I don't know if it's just that maybe he's not cut out to be on this level. And I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm just saying he's struggling right now. And if they're going to keep putting him out there, this could be the game. And Jonathan Simmons coming off that bench, and he starts at times as well, but coming off that bench is a, a burst of energy. He gets you steals. He has a, a winning mentality since he came over from the Spurs. And he's such an interesting player because he can rack up points in a hurry, but he can also make quite a few mistakes. But he also likes to capitalize on you know other people's mistakes. And I think Justin Jackson tends to make a few when he's on the court. And I think that's going to be a matchup where Justin can win it at the same time because, like I said, Simmons makes those mistakes. And it's just coming. It's going to come down to who can knock down more shots at that position. You could say the small forward position in general. Who can win it? You can say who can slow down Aaron Gordon. Will it be Shumpert? Will it be a Bielitsa? I'm not 100% sure. I do have this weird feeling you're going to see Bielitsa versus Aaron Gordon as fours, and you're going to see Vucevic versus Willie Colley Stein. Like these are just feelings that I, that I have heading into that game. Because if I'm Orlando, that's how I would play play it is move Gordon down to the to the four, start Simmons, start Fournier, and DJ Augustine next to Vucevic, and then have Bamba come off the bench. But they don't do that, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, with that said, uh, Josh, who do you have winning this one? I think this one has potential 
to be the Kings' first blowout victory. Blowout victory. Are you saying, like, what's a blowout to you, 15 and, mu- 15 and up? Uh, sure. I was going to say 20, but you gave me 15, so I'm going <laughs> to go with that. 15 and up is a blowout. I think if you get, if the Kings win by 15 or more, it's a blowout win. I mean, that for, that's a Kings blowout. Not a Warriors blowout, but a Kings blowout. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. So you're taking the over on 15. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. 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 I will also say that this this will be a Kings first. This will be the Kings first back-to-back wins. Back-to-back-to-back wins. They're going to go on a three-game winning streak for the first time this season. And because I also I, I think that they're getting a win here in Orlando. So we're we're the same here. We're the same. So we have to be different on these next two. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be. No, I don't think we are. I'm 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 gonna we're we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out because the next game is on Friday, and it's against a very uh, interesting, spunky, awkward, um, ugly Atlanta Hawks team that currently right now are ranked. 26th in offensive efficiency, and interesting enough, 10th in defensive efficiency. And they're also the number one pace team in the NBA, so they love to run. They have no scores, but somehow they play amazing defense. Well, top 10 in the league right now, and against very short sample size, and I don't see that holding up. And I give most of the credit to the player that I think is going to be the guy to watch on that team, which is Torian Prince. He is a lockdown defender. I'm not going to say he's Kawhi Leonard, but he's Kawhi Leonard-esque with how well he plays. I'm really a huge fan of Torian Prince. Josh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Oh, I'm a big fan of Torian Prince as well. We've talked about him before. Uh, I could really see him being at fault of Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, just that strong three that eventually he... Adds a little to his game every season. Turns out he's a six-time All-Star, whatever it may be. I could see him having a great career. Uh, John Collins, I believe, is still injured. I'm excited to see him with this young team. The Leading the league in pace so far is pretty crazy, but they've really just kind of given control to the rookie point guard, Trey Young. Oh, yeah, for sure. That guy is taking they, – they say, hey, you think you can make it? Go. Ahead. He literally has the same exact offense that he had out in Oklahoma. Like, this guy can literally shoot whenever he wants to. And when they – I believe they were 20 points down on the Cavs like a week or two ago or a week ago. And this guy brought the team back and scored 35 points with nine assists. He's – He's a good player. He's a very, very good basketball player, and I'm not, I'm not going to take that away from him. But they're, they're missing some pieces that I think are going to make them even more interesting later on, like a guy like John Collins, who I'm super high on. I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what John Collins can do when he comes back from his injury. Uh, I, I don't think we need to talk too much about this team because I, I'm pretty sure we're going to start leaning the same way, which is if the, the Kings are going to have to play at the same pace they've been playing at. They're going to have to make limit their mistakes because this team is a top 10 and de- defensive team. They're a top 10 defensive team in the league. 
But they have to capitalize capitalize on the mistakes that Atlanta makes because Atlanta puts themselves in a hole. Uh, Trey Young talked about it after the Cavs win. And also, actually, he talked about uh, two or three times already after a few games uh, in his post-game interview saying, our team's biggest problem is we dig ourselves into a big hole and we have to fight there and they have to continue to fight their way back and they were able to do it against Cleveland they have not really been able to do it anytime else when they've dug themselves in that hole but they're going to give you the opportunity to run away with this game and there's a good chance the Kings could either one of two ways win and win big or they're going to be in a grinded or not even a grinded out but a fast up and down game and whoever comes who can ever can make their shots is going to win it and I know that that sounds like every basketball game right now is such a high score but specifically for this game with teams with such young players it's going to come down to who can make the shots and who can make it while moving really really fast Josh who is your matchup of the game well Vince last game I had to go I had to go in the bag but this game, I'm going back to the easy one. It's De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young. I mean, whoever wins that battle could easily win the game for their team. If Trey Young has another 35-point outburst and De'Aaron Fox doesn't do that good, it's definitely going to lead towards Atlanta with the pace they're going to play at. It's going to lean on that point guard to really run the offense correctly. I can see that. I mean, that's again, uh, you can say De'Aaron Fox is the matchup of the game almost every single game because you anywhere you go, you 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 know that there's going to be another top-notch point guard, except for in Orlando, that he's going to have to go up against. And we talked about him, and I, I love this guy's game. I love how he's been evolving his game this season, and that's Torian Prince. And I think it's going to, and I'm not just going to necessarily say him, but he's going to be the, the focal point of it all. And it's going to be the wings of the Kings versus the wings of the Hawks. Because they have a guy in Torian Prince and Kent Bazemore that can put up numbers in a hurry. And the big thing is, is those guys, although Kent Bazemore isn't known for his defense, he is a very lengthy defender and also knows how to get his hands on the ball. And then Torian Prince, the same thing. He knows how to use his body. He moves his feet very well. We, you and I have both said he's, he's in that Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler-esque player. I'm not saying that he's going to live up to that expectation. But this guy is averaging... 20 points, three three-pointers, 3.2 assists, and 1.4 steals while shooting 46.7% from the field. And he also gets to the line almost four times per game and is knocking down 94.7% of it. He is their, he is their uh, franchise centerpiece. That I mean, that that's that's the franchise centerpiece type of numbers. He's, he plays like a franchise centerpiece player. And if the Kings are going to win, they're going to have to stop him. Trey Young is going to shoot from half court at times. And, and again, he makes a lot of silly mistakes because he, he knows he has the green light to shoot the ball. And he's going to make a lot of those shots. So you're right. De'Aaron Fox versus uh, versus Trey Young is definitely going to be one you have to keep your eye on. But who is slowing down Prince? Is it going to be Jackson? Is it going to be Buddy? Is it going to be Shumpert? There's so many question marks on that wing. Who's slowing down Ken Bazemore if Prince is uh, completely occupied? That There's a lot of questions down there. And then, and I know we don't normally do this by giving out three, but I think Willie Colleyson has to take advantage of Alex Len. He's just not good. Alex Len, think I think there's a lot of people that still believe and are on the Alex Len train. I'm not one of those people. That guy gets into foul trouble a lot. I know he has potential to be a good offensive player, but Willie Colleyson has the athleticism, the speed, 
And I, in that mid-range jumper, if he continues to drop down, I think he has a better offensive polish than Alex Lynn. So that's another one is going to be Alex Lynn uh, versus Willie Cauley-Stein. Josh, who do you have winning this one? Uh, I gotta go. With, I gotta go with the hometown team, the Kings. Uh, like I said, I think it's gonna come down to De'Aaron and Trey Young. You did point out how weak our wings have been, and Torian Prince could easily take advantage of that. But with, I think the complete upgrade we have at the point guard and center position, I feel like. It's just going to lean towards our direction. Hopefully we'll get – I know there's going to be a lot of shots that go up. So I think this is going to be a big game for Willie. He'll have a big rebound game. And I think De'Aaron's going to find him a lot. Yeah, I, I again, I, I agree with you. I think the, the Trey Young-De'Aaron Fox thing is going to be a fun one to watch. And, Josh, because this game is going to be so fun – and with so many question marks of who's going to stop any of those wing players for the Kings, and the fact that you have two top five pace teams in the league going at it, that and arguably two of the youngest teams in the league going at it, this has to be our game of the week. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. All right, this is our game of the week. And another reason why this is our game of the week is because I, I'm i going to go against you here. I think Atlanta pulls out this win. I think Atlanta is going to get it here. Am I crazy? Is that what you just said? I said you don't want to do stand-up. <laughs> That's true. I also don't want to do stand-up because I'm not that funny. I've written down a couple of jokes. They're not funny at all. They're, not, they're, 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 they're clunkers for sure. They're, gonna, they're booers. But I, I know, but honestly, like seeing that this team is top ten in defense, and their offense, they even even with their offense being so bad, their effective field goal percentage is still within the top fifteen of the league at fifty one point seven. The Kings are at fifth still at the fifty five five. So again, the effective field goal percentage for them is better. It it it, it just it's gonna come down to again. Who can capitalize on the most mistakes? I'm about to actually let me look up turnovers here on which team. And I know the Kings haven't been turning it over a lot, but they do have their moments where they do. Let's see. I know let's see here. So turnovers and where they rank currently. And I know this is bad. One thing that really stands out to me is the three point shooting. The Kings don't shoot as many and the Hawks do. So if you're if you have that many possessions and the Hawks are taking 20 more threes than us, that could lead to more points for them. Yeah, look at this. Like, they, like also, and you're right, the Kings, but I, would, I wouldn't say that either. I mean, the Kings do take quite a few threes. I wouldn't say that it might not be on the level as Atlanta because, they again, they gave that green light to all of their young players. But uh, going back to the turnovers, Atlanta ranks 28th in the league. They're just above Brooklyn and the Phoenix Suns in turnovers per game at 15.5. Can you guess where the Kings are in turnovers per game? 13th. I wish they were that high. No, they're actually they're tied for 21st with the Los Angeles Clippers at 13.5. So they're they're again, it's going to be up and down it's going to be an up and down game. 
This is going to be a fast game. It's going to be who can knock down shots. And the, th- and the reason why I think I'm leaning slightly more towards Atlanta is because of what you said. It is the three-point shooting. They have a ton of shooters on that team, whether you look at Bazemore, uh, you look at Trey Young, you look at Torian Prince. Uh, they they do even have Alex Lynch stretching it out a little bit. They they do have decent rebounding with Dwayne Dedman off the bench, and then uh, th- who's that shooter that they picked up in the draft with that with that other pick? I can't remember his name, but they they're basically saying he can be the next Clay Thompson for them, which is ridiculous. But yeah, the, 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 I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lean toward Atlanta. Also, I don't, I can't really bind the fact that I think the Kings are gonna go on a four game winning streak this early in the season. I, they, <laughs> they they could they could. But I, I'm not going to go with it, and I also don't want to do stand up because I'm not funny. So, yeah, I have the king. I have the Kings taking an L right here for the for this third game on the slate this People week. People would lose their mind if the Kings went on a four game win streak. Do you think that if the Kings went on a four game win streak, the national media might actually say the Kings are interesting and write a story about how cool they are? Um, there might be a story but it it would be about how the thunder are terrible washington's falling apart miami needs to trade for butler no that's a real that's a real thing that will happen too for sure they never give the kings credit uh i don't think a four game winning streak this early in the season is gonna do it but they have a big game coming up next sunday you brought you brought up all those things. I want to say this too. I was doing a uh, interview, uh, getting ready for my NBA show. I've been kind of promoting it a little bit, and I did an interview. And uh, you know, I was talking to a few of the guys over there after, and yeah, it, 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 it's a real thing where like people really like. I guess like other teams are really like looking at the Kings and seeing that they're on the schedule and saying we cannot lose to this team. Like this, this should be a win for us. Like that's a real thing in their mind. It's Phoenix as well and Brooklyn as well. Like these top teams, like OKC, Washington, and stuff like that. And and I love what Scott Brooks said after the after the Kings won. That you have to give credit. They're pushing the pace. They're playing hard. That team deserved to win this game. And the, the, again, the, again, the recognition from a a different team is good to see that for the Kings. But I guess like in the mindset of some of these teams, and I guess also in the fan bases, is the Kings are still an easy win. So the Kings are still sliding under the radar, but I think if you do put it on a four-game winning streak and then heading into a Sunday game, which we're going to get into right now with the Milwaukee Bucks, if they can somehow find a way to get that win as well, look out. But let's see if we even have them winning this game, Josh, because it is Sunday at this point, and the Kings will be facing off against the Milwaukee Bucks, who currently rank 8th. In offensive efficiency, and we're not going to go too far on defense because they're ranked second in defensive efficiency. This team had got Mike Bootenholzer, and now their offense looks like a whole difference. It looks amazing. Giannis is the point forward. There's so much shooting around him. They basically told Bledsoe, "Guess what? Shoot the ball. Stop trying to be this. Po- stop trying to be this driving highlight dunking guy. Shoot three pointers." Chris Milton, we already know you can shoot. You're going to be our second option. Keep shooting the ball. Hey, Dante DiVincenzo off the bench. Shoot the ball. Giannis is going to find you in the corner. And hey, Brooke Lopez, you're a center, right? Don't worry about it. Go shoot the ball. There's so much open room. And my favorite play that they run right now is when they have any of their point guards, whether it's Brogdon or Bledsoe or DiVincenzo, 
or whatever, and they they bring it up the court, and you see Giannis like slowly trailing, and then they just move out of the way and give it to him like on a bounce pass, and he just drives and gets the and one foul. That's my favorite play. They run that every single game, and you'll see it. You'll see it against Sacramento. It's my favorite game. Uh, my favorite play. Josh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I man, that Milwaukee team is another animal. Giannis is being fully unleashed uh, to the height of his powers. Mike Budenholzer was the perfect coach for Milwaukee. They're really implementing his system and making it free-flowing. They're getting a lot of threes and open shots at the basket. They've almost completely cut out their mid-range shots. I think they're I think it was like 2% of their shots have been mid-range shots as of Saturday when I saw that stat. They're such a good team on both sides of the ball, and it really starts with their all-star MVP candidate, Giannis. And my biggest thing is, who's going to guard him? Who's going to guard Giannis? Yeah. Uh, On the Kings roster? I think you have to put Willie Cauley-Stein on it. He's, yeah, that's a good one. That is a ooh, that's a good one. That's a good. One. I like that. I like that. One. That's a tough one. I like Willie more on the perimeter players like Giannis or Kevin Durant than I do on the Yusuf Nurkic of the world. I was thinking maybe Bagley and then have Willie be your stand behind guy, just because Bagley does. Yeah, Bagley true too. We didn't talk much about Bagley this week, but. Right after I said that he could have some nice defensive potential, he went out and got himself five a five-block. <laughs> I knew you were going to message me something on Twitter, too, and you for sure did. Like, I, 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 would, I think I might have told Isabel or something, and I was like, hey, uh, I bet you Josh is about to message me. The dude got John, or, uh, Bagley just got five blocks. And sure enough, yeah. there was like a quoted tweet, and you just tagged me in it. Yeah, I did say he was going <laughs> to have some defensive potential, and there it was. <laughs> But yeah, I could see uh, I could see Bagley because Bagley does have nice recovery time. Like he's he's quick enough to recover, and I think that's how he's getting a lot of his blocks is that behind and using that little reach to just poke it out, and it looks good. But I think you might want to put him on Giannis and then have his recovery there, and then have Willie be the help. The problem is with with any of those guys helping is Giannis is such a good passer, man. He's so good when he's driving and he's looking and. If you sack off a Brook Lopez, that dude can shoot. It's yeah, not- like you said, they have tons of shooters now. You can't just let Willie roam and help out Bagley. You kind of have to guard him one-on-one and hope for the best or hope Brook Lopez misses his open threes. If you had to leave somebody open for a three, I... I don't know. Is it going to be Bledsoe? Like, if you had to, their closing lineup has been Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez. That's what they start with. That's what they finish with. Out of all of those guys, the only one I'd feel the most comfortable shooting a three would probably be Bledsoe. But what is, what's Darren Fox going to do down there other than try and poke it away? I mean. This this is why this matchup is so hard, and I guess this would be a good time to just go to the matchup of the game, and I'm just gonna go Giannis versus the Kings, because that's what this that's the matchup right there. It's Giannis versus the Kings. Who is stopping Giannis? 
and I don't know who it's going to be. Do you agree that that's the matchup of the game? Like, there's no other matchup, or or did you have somebody else? Um. Well, I mean, that's obviously the matchup, but like you said, with De'Aaron Fox against other point guards, like you could say Giannis versus the Cavs, Giannis versus the Thunder. Who's going to stop him on any team? It's it takes a collective effort every game. So I'll go with the two guard spot, Buddy Hield and Malcolm Brogdon. Ooh, that is a good Buddy. one. Like that Malcolm one. Brogdon is a good defender, can get to the rim pretty easily. Is a knockdown, just a steady presence at all times. And Buddy Hield, Buddy Hield is. I wouldn't consider him a steady presence, yet he has some games where he's just he's just out of it. And I think Malcolm Brogdon is one of those players that could take him out of it. But once Buddy sees it light up just a couple times, he's going to let him fly. Yeah, bro. He's proven he hit those threes this year. Yeah, I do. I that's that that is actually a really good one. I really like the Buddy Heald versus Brogdon matchup. Uh, and what they do with Brogdon is they start him at the two, and they'll either bring out him or Bledsoe, and then either have Bledsoe stay in as the one, or they'll have Brogdon move over to the one. And either way, he he's gonna get that get that time at point guard. So you can even say the same thing for Fox. But th- that the reason why I say this is such a good matchup is because. Of the two of the these two guys, Brogdon and Heald, they're one shooting forty nine point one. Heald is shooting fifty percent from the field. Uh, Brogdon's getting to the line one point three times. Heald's getting to the line one point five. Uh, they're shooting one point seven three pointers made per game for Brogdon, two for Heald. Like the, the these numbers are almost identical. Yes, Heald has the more points with seventeen. So there's they have that there, but. Malcolm Brogdon gets his teammates involved a little bit more. He has four assists per game, and he also only turns the ball over two times per game to to, to Buddy Heald's two point seven. There's a lot of similarities with those two. That's why I wanted to bring up the, the the stat comparison because looking at the stats, you can definitely tell that would that would for sure be a be a good matchup. But Josh, well, another similarity they have is like you said, they switched Malcolm Brogdon over to the one this past week. That game against the Wizards, I saw Buddy Heald have some time at the one a I few didn't times. like it I didn't like it I did, I'll be honest it I didn't like okay, it though I was I liked seeing him get a chance to bring the ball up no I don't mind I mean I get it I get why they're doing it, it they're kind they, again I, I I said the Bradley Beal John Wall thing and because Bradley Beal can actually take up the ball and do some stuff but when I don't think he he has the and I'm not gonna say his little basketball cue I don't think he has the the vision or the 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 ability to initiate an offense yet. Uh, and maybe it's something that they're working on and that's why they're trying to do it. But every time that he had the ball and was going to bring it up or needed to uh, start the offense, I was not excited about it. I, I was actually worried about it every single time. And maybe that's something they're going to work on. But Brogdon already has that ability in him. He's the he's the rookie. He was the rookie of the year for a reason. And he's continuing to grow, and he's learning to grow around players that are still really good around him. Like he, he's still getting forty nine point one percent shooting from the field, two three pointers, 
and well, dang, dang near two three points with one point seven. But he's doing it with Chris Middleton, Giannis, Eric Bledsoe, and Brooke Lopez all on the floor, and also being able to take on point guard mitts. This guy is a stud, and and I think Buddy Hill could get there. And I love what Buddy Hill does as a as a floor spacer. But I, I I didn't like him as the point guard to be honest with you. I just didn't like it at all. Well, he's got to get the reps in to get better at it. True. True. I went in this game, but I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning by twenty three. <laughs> like that, this is gonna be a blowout. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'll say twenty three. So over under over under eighteen. Uh, probably over. You're taking the over too. Yeah, I'm gonna take the over too. I'm taking the over two. But if Bovada gives me 15 points on this day, and I can see them doing it. I can see Bovada saying 15 points. They gave the Brooklyn Nets 14 points today, or Sunday, sorry. They gave the 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 Nets 14 points on Sunday against the Warriors, and the Warriors only won by four. I mean, like, if, if the Kings are 14 or 15-point underdogs against Giannis, that's too many points not to take. So for all you gamblers out there, I would take that. that that's just a lot of points for... A team to just have one bad game. All right, Josh. We're running low on time. We literally have a minute 30 left. I want to thank everybody for listening. So, Josh, before we wrap up, tell everyone where they can find you online. At Means on every social media. And come to one of my comedy shows. Yeah, what comedy shows do you have coming up? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just won a roast battle this weekend, so I'm just hyped off that. Yeah, I saw he won. You won a chicken dinner, winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was a, it was a roast for a roast, oh. a roast for a chicken. My bad, a roast for a roast. Follow the roaster at J Means on all social media platforms. You guys can follow me on at. VM Center on all social media platforms as well. Uh, a lot of things coming out here in the next uh, week. I got my fantasy basketball show starting up. It's going to be on this channel until it gets its own channel. The NBA show as well. We got a lot of t-shirts on sale. Subscribe to this show. Leave a rating. Bookmark SackKingsNation.com for all of your in-depth coverage of the Sacramento Kings. Shout out to all of our sponsors that sponsor this show. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, bye-bye. <laughs>